You take 15 seconds to run 30 yards? Well, I'll take... Wow. Five, I mean, less you are five, really slow. Less of, shut up. <laughs> you are slow. But using that example of running a 40, if we run 40s around five seconds consistently over 10 over 10 reps right you're still slow yes you you're an offensive lineman basically <laughs> what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the masters of sport podcast i'm here with co-host world champion co-author of the year oh. earl kunkel i'm losing muscle mass I'm trying to I'm trying to maintain my muscle mass because I lost a lot of weight and yeah. somebody told me last week my arms look smaller. Uh, so I'm trying to really maybe a little smaller. You're looking more lean though. You've never had a big bicep. <laughs> Come on, you always bring that up. A big bicep. You don't maybe have a it's pec. just. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, but I like really don't have one. Like they're torn. <laughs> There's a difference there. I could go get surgery and maybe mine's have genetic them. and you'll you'll have them back. Are you coughing yeah. up the uh, the cookie dough? So yeah, cookie dough. Oh man, Is it, it's probably still in my beard too. Those. Do of you, you like to save cookie dough for later? No, I devoured it. I'm like, what about you? Like waffle cones more than normal cones? Oh yeah. What about waffle cones over a bowl? <coughs> I don't think I've had that. I'd probably be all right. Do you with get it. thirsty after you have ice cream? No, I'm not. Maybe really? I am. Could be. I'm not thinking about it right now. I had the ice cream and like came here, so it's like I didn't have time. But even to... like in the summer, if you have ice cream, you don't get thirsty. I don't think so. I'm, I am perpetually thirsty. Like I'm someone who just like will <laughs> drink to thirsty. drink. Like <laughs> I'll just devour. Like when I was a kid, like I was bad with like sugar. Like I'm surprised I don't have diabetes or something like that. Like I could slam like eight sodas and not even be phased. <laughs> Dude, I'm like that with milk. Yeah, just be like, yeah. Boop. No problem. I get, I get, I can relate to that. No, uh, like I kind of have like endurance to go really fast when I drink <laughs> soda. Uh, so, so how do you, how do you develop that? How do I develop that? Um, volume. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Through volume, volume a lot of it. Volume fixes everything. Yeah. Volume forces a lot of adaptation. It does. The more you do something, the better you get at it. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that like whole 10,000 hours type idea. Dude, but I'm a big fan of doing stuff repeatedly to get like okay, put so, in the work. Okay, so explain that. Why why would you not be a fan? Because it's just arbitrary. Okay, like, that's fair. You yeah, could yeah. putz around doing 10,000 hours or something and like you could get re like everyone's freaking phenomenal at sitting on the couch. Like I've never met someone who's not good at that. Oh my god, that's so accurate. It's, like that I also think there's some people that can be a master at something in less than 10,000 hours. Yeah. And there's some people it might take 20,000. No, uh, I hear you with that. Like, I don't know. I always... But mastering anything is literally like a key to being happy in life, I think. You think uh, so? One of the major keys, yes. Being a it, master at something. Well, like having a pursuit, a purpose, I would say, could yeah. come in with that. But I think you just have a space that you get into and it's and it's more like this is my area of comfort and this is my my happy like I'm here. I know this realm and I love it versus uh -huh. a non mastered space yeah. where you're still you're still self-conscious and and not living your comfort and thinking about it like what's going on here. Yeah. 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 I yeah gotcha. you're, you're trying to piece things through. I like doing kettlebell swings. I don't think I'm a master at that at all <laughs> in any way. 
but I love doing it. All right, let's get on to the topic. They're, they don't like this. They comment about it all the time, how they hate when we go off topic. Oh, really? Uh, that's what our Jason's like. Jason yeah. will say yes. <laughs> Every now and then, though, they like something like, oh, nice sleep T-shirt, nice uh, Grandmaster Flash T-shirt. I don't know if you've ever worn one. Oh, look at the yeah. Doom T-shirt. And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of something cool, I was in a Lyft or an Uber, one of those taxi services, this weekend coming. I was going back to my house, and Freddie Gibbs was playing in the car. Oh, nice. And I go to the guy. I goes, this sounds like Freddie Gibbs. He's like, yeah, how do you? It's like, the album just dropped. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Julie looks over at me, and she's like, how do you know that? I'm just like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just, you I know, know that. that. I know that because of throws practice. Yeah. Oh, they play it all yeah. the time. Yeah. I remember the one time I'm out there and I was like, is this Earl sweatshirt? And Noah was like, how do you know? How do you know that? I was like, I- I've l- listened to it. Like yeah. he was like, Julie was more like, what the heck? Yeah. Where Noah was just like, oh, nice. Oh, cool. you know, yeah. Yeah. And then there was probably three others. So I that's no where you're a master. 10,000 hours right there. I listen to a lot of music. Probably more than 10,000 hours. But I have not listened to um, all the music. So like people could be like, have you heard this? And Nope. Yeah. Not a clue. Yeah. Not a clue. All right. Let's talk about speed endurance. Being fast for a long time and not necessarily like a long race speed endurance, but being fast repeatedly. Right. So like how are you fast first down, second, third down? Third quarter, fourth Th- quarter. Yeah. Yeah. How are you fast five minutes in to I think a wrestling it, match? I think, okay, that's really good there. I, I think that's a really easy way to look at it is like to relate it to sports. It's like... Uh, Let's use freestyle wrestling first. If if you're wrestling at the World Championships, you're wrestling all of your matches in one day. Even the the world the world title is that evening, so you might have four matches. So can you hold that six minutes? You know, six minutes. And now you're wrestling twenty four minutes wow. potentially at the end of the day against the toughest opponent. Can you have that speed endurance? Can you hit? You know, let's say there's that bar, and I think we used this in a previous as an example. Is like you have that bar that's like on, on a video game, and it's showing your life. Yeah, you know, and then the HP meter, your yeah, stamina meter, or something yeah. like that. If you can hold that at like eighty-five percent to ninety percent late in the match, you know, you're gonna probably win. And it's the same thing if you're going through rounds at the Olympics or World Championships as a hundred meter sprinter. It's the exact same thing if you're playing a football game and you're in the fourth quarter or a field hockey game and you're in that fourth quarter and you can hold 85 to 90% of your best later on in that game versus your opponent who's only holding 80, you could score a lot. And not only that, but cognitively, the other person's going to make even more mistakes. So I want to add on to your video game metaphor. So I play this game, I've been playing it, called Tunic. And it's a Zelda-like game except you're like a fox that almost looks exactly like a link. Okay. Like it's in a green tunic type yeah. of thing. And it, it's it's a mimic of that game. It's a really good game, really cool stuff. Um, I forget who developed it. But there's three meters in that game. You have your health bar meter, your HP. You have a magic meter, which like you use magic spells, goes down, and you have this stamina meter. And you were talking about stamina in this endurance standpoint as it gives you an advantage when you can maintain it up. Yeah. One thing I believe you missed and that is when that endurance goes down, the more mistakes you make and the more you are impacted it, it, negatively. It, yeah, it's like it compounds. So in this game, yeah. if your stamina meter goes to like a blinking red, like zero, yeah. your the damage you take goes it's up. Boom, yeah. It it like 
it you'll see it multiplies boxers yes fighters it's like you you could take 10 hits in the first round but if you're tired and gassed those 10 hits it's two hits and you're smoked in the eighth round you know so that's exactly 100 percent right and that's not just in in a combat situation that's also legitimately in the rounds of of sprints you know you'll see a lot of uh a lot of world-class sprinters when they turn when they get to the professional level and if they're running the one and the two you'll see the late rounds they really start to make errors coming out of the blocks because they're not in that that good mindset and that's where just being a professional being able to uphold that uh you know the i i dare i say professionality uh it pays off because you have that endurance you have that speed endurance nice that's pretty cool like so we're seeing what we touched on so far, what I'm hearing is speed endurance will benefit you when you can hold that level. Yeah. But it will also destroy you if like you can't. if you can't. Yes. Where and it will showcase sort of the distance, if you will. Like it will if you can't hold it, there's more likelihood that you don't look as good as an athlete. Yes. Like, you'll get to a point and it's just like, what is this person doing out here? Right. Where are they at? Right, right, exactly. Because you're just making blatant errors technique-wise. So so I'm hearing we have a, like, conceptual model, how speed endurance works from a performance standpoint. Um, Let's talk about what it is, though. Like, if we were to define it, how would you say speed endurance? It's this. And the less words you do it in, the better. I was just trying to think about the fewest words. It's like I would put a time on it. Like anything under 30 seconds of work is going to be speed-based endurance. So it's like I don't know if that. No, that makes sense. So because I'm thinking when I hear 30 seconds, it's like, all right, he's taken in like a 100-meter sprint. He's taken in a run like a play in football. But he's also allowing for – a scramble in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, or even, I mean, I was even just thinking, What well, I mean, I, I know we're going to Or a volley in tennis, too. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for sure. And that's actually another great example. I look at it like if you, if you go through the energy systems, and that's why I didn't want to use too many words, it's like really going to be this fine line of anaerobic energy that has to be supported aerobically. And okay. so you're going to be doing, you know, if – like to think about something that can really support speed endurance would be, you know, a sprint interval or doing something like hill sprints, right? If I'm going to do hill sprints for 20 straight minutes and I can get anywhere from 10 to 20 reps in, probably about 10 to 15 reps is more likely, and I can get my heart rate up to 160 or more beats per minute and then drop it down rapidly and, and recover quickly, uh-huh. that's when you're going to start to see that the speed endurance, that you're going to be able to hold that, as you said, the HP at 85 to 90% of yep. your best. And so that's where monitoring your heart rate, monitoring um, your aerobic capacity, are you, you know, and then how that's interchanged and how that plays this foundation behind what you're doing with your strength work, that's what's really going to be feeding the, the endurance base. All right, so you started getting the speed, in the speed base, the training aspects of it. Yeah, and I heard a lot of the stuff you were talking about was more than what I heard was endurance minded. Yeah, what about the speed minded stuff? Because I hear speed, all of a sudden I'm thinking impulse, power, 
strength more so. Yeah. So the speed, the speed aspect on my on my mind, and in, in in regard to speed endurance, is going to be, you know, twenty to twenty five seconds hard, or even doing things that are five to fifteen seconds extremely hard, extremely explosive like running a, a 30 yard sprint or running a 50 or running a 60 you take meter. 15 seconds to run 30 yards well, i'll take wow five, i mean less you are than really five, slow less of, shut up you are slow <laughs> but using that example of running a 40 if we run 40s around five seconds consistently over 10 over 10 reps right you're still slow yes you you're an offensive lineman basically <laughs> and so that's where it comes into that five seconds on the surface is all alactic. It's all anaerobic, totally anaerobic. But then glycolysis will start to happen around six, seven, eight reps. Okay. And that's when you're going to start to see serious fatigue, serious mental breakdown, serious technical breakdown. But that can be delayed by a larger endurance support system. So you can either do more volume of said 40-yard sprints you can do some slower distance work. You can do some sauna-based work, but it's really looking at how can we optimize that alactic system to be as explosive as possible by what we're doing in the weight room three to five days a week. So I hear alactic as explosive as possible. My brain goes to we're squatting, we're doing technical coordination movements, we're yeah. doing plyometrics, yeah. and then some probably reflexive work in there as well too. 100%. But the, the plyos and the technical coordination is like our money moves. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Like bounds, hurdle hops, single leg bounds, hill sprints. Even I would lump hill sprints in there for that speed. Do you do any of that uh, sled pulling stuff with that too? Or yeah, that, I think you could. I, I know you like using that for, for an endurance standpoint. But I as also well would too. say put about ten to fifteen percent of your body weight on a sled. In Is this the velocity decrement type of stuff yes, as well? Yes. So that that's another area where it's like, all right, and and another fun thing that I've been playing around with: sprint ten meters, decelerate ten meters, do that for a time frame, rest for five minutes, do that again. You know, repeat that. So it's accelerate, decelerate do it again accelerate decelerate do it again take a longer rest those are all ways to drastically increase speed and at the same time build the length of the hp bar okay yeah in tunic you get to go to these little prayer shrines that are also where you save and you have like these certain items you can do and yeah. then spend your coins on it and it ups it so then you get so stronger just, yeah, yeah exactly and it i i, I think that so so Base, using your video game analogy, it's like you brought it up. I'm just that's fair. <laughs> you need you need that you know the technical coordination movements to be big. You need the squats to be big, single leg squats to be big, step ups to be good, lunges, sled pulls, uh, all that 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 builds this thick, dense, long bar. Then you need underneath the stamina bar to support that. Okay, so yeah. now we're doing you know more interval sprint interval work, but we're also doing some long slow distance, some sauna work, and it's just interchanging back and forth to see how the athlete reacts, where they're at in their training, how long can they hold that that stamina if we back off from stamina based work, um, how many day you know how many days or how many weeks does it take to really start to see that their sprint that their speed endurance is is diminishing because that's one thing that you'll see with football coaches is that you know, 
week eight, week nine, week ten. They're they're breaking down in the third quarter. A lot of injuries are happening later in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. And the reason why that happens is because they are losing that stamina, and then that puts them in bad positions so, where they're weak. I have a silly question that I believe you can answer. I don't think many others I shouldn't say other there's other strength coaches that don't have access or have developed athletes that they can answer this question or train the range of athletes that you do to answer this question so we're talking about speed endurance and you're talking about sort of fatigue setting in later in games and injury coming about yeah the way you train an athlete in high school for the amount of plays they have or the amount of time they out there maybe going both ways mm-hmm. versus the way a D1 starter or an NFL player has to train their speed endurance. And that difference at those levels. Because I'm hearing that and I'm like, the high school kid's pl- having more plays than the is on the field for more plays than the than D1 the, starter yeah, yeah. or the NFL player. Like, right, hands right. down... The NFL player, like, theoretically will actually need less speed endurance because they're going to have more time and they're even being rotated within, you know, they might be out on the field for two plays and then they come off for a play or two. That's where their their speed endurance work would be more sprint interval based. Okay. You know, it pays to be absurdly explosive. So you in the NFL or in at the Division One level. So then you have to actually cater more of that training towards where that the speed end yeah towards the speed end at the high school level conditioning's king so you still need to be extraordinarily fast you still need to do all of the the speed and and all that work but if you can go into a, a season and the first three or four games you're winning because you're winning in the fourth quarter that's where the conditioning will pay off because so many teams have players going both ways so that's where it comes down to like as a coach you have to analyze the, the value of speed endurance versus uh, the value of just straight-up twitchy elasticity. And then you've got to then value from uh, an approach is where's the low-hanging fruit? When do we do this? When do we do that? Um, and then and then what's that return going to be for the sport that you're training for? Because that's the other thing is that if I'm running – if I'm an elite-level sprinter like Noah Lyles, you know, early on he's a 100-meter world champ – Early on in his career, he did struggle in the rounds, but he was still, you know, he's just four or five time Diamond League champ. But he still would struggle later on in the rounds if he had four or five sprints. Okay. Then they started to have him run in the two, and and then they realized that that extra volume was actually helping him with the hundred later in the rounds of the hundred. Nice. So that's where it's like you've got to just play and experiment with that stuff so that you can see, you know what the athlete's response actually is yeah and that one too with your noah lyles like story it it seems counterintuitive yeah like hey we need this guy to run the 200 so he can succeed in the 100 right right. just because that extra volume is what i'm hearing yeah creates this endurance base for him to keep going fast later Later in the challenge um and that's a unique problem, right? There's, what, 10 yeah. people in the yeah, world capable running, of what? Yeah, running anywhere close to him. Yeah. And what's interesting now, though, to, to actually say this, is now you can actually see, you know, originally up until like five, six years ago, people thought you were hitting peak velocity around like 70, 75 meters. Now they know that they're holding it through 85 meters. So oh, they're wow. actually holding their peak speed for a longer period of time than was previously thought. 
so that's a speed endurance thing then yes. too, right? Even yes. though it's it's, it's fractional, a, what it's like it's two steps in, at that level. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a technical endurance aspect. If you want to get like real niche with the actual skill, is that a lot of these guys they're not they're they're generating the same amount of power, but they're actually they're not creating it anymore. They're just maintaining that because they're holding better form later on. All right. Let's uh I know you've been naming some exercises. Give me like when it comes to speed endurance, what are the the three exercises like someone has to do? Ooh. Actually, I mean I would I would literally find a, a longer hill and do hill sprints. Is there a specific grade that is more like appropriate? <laughs> 8 degrees. Okay. Uh I would say 30 to 50 meters uh is plenty and do I like saying, you know, you get 20 minutes. How many can you get in 20 minutes? Uh Um, I also, I also think running 200s, running 300s can pay off with speed endurance. And and then I, you know, this is where I do think something like longer periods of sled work can pay off, like push, pull, push, pull, push, pull for a 15 to 20 minute timeframe because the load is pretty substantial. That would be something that would favor more offensive linemen, wrestlers, Okay. You know, along those lines where there is an immovable object in front or a, there's a, an a opponent who's heavier. I have a silly question for you. Would if you had a lineman or a bigger athlete would having them front squat and bench press alternating between like two reps over like a 15 minute period? I mean, that makes sense. You could could try something it. like that work? Yeah, I don't know. It I'm, could. I'm just throwing I, balls at I've spit. never done it, but it could definitely work. Like would that be a better test of their endurance versus Heck, put a sled between the two. Well, I was gonna say <laughs> if you did a sled where you're actually posted up that, and then you did the bench. Okay, be, because then you get the leg. If you have somebody with pathetically weak upper body. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you gave your your Sweet uh, your trainers something, something to, to, work on, to yeah. experiment we'll be with. Talking to Taman when we leave. Yeah, you want to do the audience questions? Yeah, now? let's go. All right, I think we're around it. This is a Reddit one. M four X field. I just saw, um, I watched a clip of uh, Grandma's Boy. I don't know if you've ever saw that movie. No. It's a Happy Madison production. It is hilarious. It's good. Jason doesn't like it. Whatever. Jason can have his own opinion. I don't like Happy Madison. Yeah, but th- there's no, um, Adam Sandler is not in it. Okay. But it's really funny. Yeah. It's like right up your alley, too. I think you would laugh. I remember laughing a lot. I might not have seen it in like a decade plus. In your one video training Cooper, I was wondering why you chose skipping. Also, bounding versus skipping and the differences and benefits. Why I chose skipping? Yeah. Oh, oh, when he's going, he was struggling with that. I, yeah, he I was. wanted to learn like the the switch and stuff with with his his legs, and um, that was also that was really far out from from his season right like he was preparing to leave to go to vanderbilt so it was like let's just work some mechanical stuff uh get him to have a little bit more rhythm and that's the same thing you know that's why we were using the the skipping new not not that it's better in any sense or or worse it's just at that point that's what we were trying to improve um and then as far as bounding versus skipping is that the other question is that i think so yeah bounding to me is like a a really good way to just a, a single leg bound is a really good way to feel that cycle. And if you can do one leg, like let's say you do four bounds at once, if you can maintain your trunk, 
on just like your right leg bounding, right leg bounding without rotating your hips, that's going to be a really, really good way to like teach the mechanics of having that, that trunk control. So that's like one of the big benefits I see with bounding, but also it's just, it's a very, it's a very, very large load when you're, when you're reacting. So people learn how to use force very effectively. And in our speed endurance, conversation when i hear you talk about maintaining the trunk i hear those technical gains that get you from that 75 to 85 percent and to maintain your top end speed yes 100 percent. all right this is discord keith kennegard how to approach uh sports snc for youth athletes say age three to four up to teenagers say 14 to 15 for a long time, there has been a stigma. Any weight or strength training would basically destroy the kid, hinder growth, and so on. And then you look at how kids play. Doing a heavy squat probably won't hurt them more than anyone else. I have a theory to this yeah. and a suggestion. I think the I don't. I'm going to say it. Young kids have them jump off of things. Yeah, just jump all the time and have fun. Yeah, like jump. you go to gymnastics. It's like, dude. The reason why good gymnastics schools are successful with younger kids and and meaning they're successful and that they get kids to be coordinated and athletic and it transfers to every other sport. Uh Uh-huh. All they're doing is they're teaching them how to tumble and they're teaching them how to jump. They're teaching them body control. And I think that up until eight, nine, 10 years old, that's gotta be the main goal is fun, tumbling, jumping, uh, hanging things that are enjoyable. And that, you know, you get some kids that they want to be, pretend they're ninjas that's that's what they want to yeah. do i think i think the what was the rest of the question though because i was um, still hung up on it that. was talking about squatting heavy okay. squat yeah, like I, I do, based off how they, hard they play too yeah i think once once you get to a point of like 10 11 12 you can you can start lifting heavier i mean you could really start lifting heavier when you're eight or nine as long as you have decent form and movement. yeah you don't you it's all gonna be based you know people might look at a load you know my son back squatted 60 kilos when he was nine and a half but was that heavy for him? Not really. You know, we didn't push anymore, but like someone else might see that and be like, oh, that's too heavy. Well, yeah. it's all relative to where they're at in their progress. And it all, you know, Lincoln's 11 now. He, he just snatched 40 kilos from a pause. And it's like, is that heavy? I mean, yeah, but he's hitting puberty soon, first of all. Second of all, he's been lifting for a while. So it's like, dude, it's, it's, it's all relative to where they're at. So it's all just got to be p- based on the journey of that individual athlete and how to make progress and teach them those movements properly teach technical coordination movements back squats front squats just like you would teach how to do how to do a front handspring put your hands on the ground and throw your legs and lift yeah and, and then go. wait for your abs to hurt the next day <laughs> yeah. really bad yeah exactly that's a wrap that's, that's what we got speed so endurance speed endurance i would say focus on uh rest periods focus on the technique focus on hills sleds Uh, anything along those lines, and make it speed endurance specific to your sport. Until next time, peace. Later.